You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. If you've been um, coming these past few weeks, you know we, we began to sow some seeds into your life this year. And uh, as J.D. and I were praying for Connect Community and over you and, you know, what God would have for this year, we really felt the Lord say that this would be your year to advance. We felt that in our hearts that this would be your year to advance. And I want to tell you something that the promises of God often come in seed form. You know, they, he, he will sow a seed. It will be a conversation. It would be a message. It will be a song. And it's a seed that is implanted into your mind. And then that seed, you have to take it and plant it in your heart. And that seed, you have to water. And that seed, you have to believe so that it will become fruit. So that one day it will bear fruit in your life. And this week has been a very special week because last year, about this time, J.D. and I again had been praying and seeking the Lord for what he would have for Connect Community. And we felt in our hearts that God was saying that was the year of miracles. That was the year that God was going to do miracles in people's lives. And most of you here may know Jessica and Peter. And Peter will tell the story that he's shared many times that that seed came into his heart and he planted it. He planted it, he watered it, and he knew that was from God. And this Monday, this, is, this was considered around the world is considered Blue Monday, which is the saddest Monday of the year because it's, a, you know, a multiple events come together in that one Monday where you begin to see the bills from your Christmas. And it's like the coldest day of the year, and it is already a Monday. And so like several factors are coming together, and people call it the saddest, most depressing Monday of the year. But for... Peter and Jessica, it was a realization of a dream. They opened a brand new business because they took the seed that had been planted in their hearts and they decided that it was going to bear fruit. So for them, it wasn't the saddest Monday, but it was a realization of a dream. So the, your Monday could be whichever way you want it to be because if you hold, take a hold of the seeds and you take a hold of the hope and the promise that we're sowing into your life, your days do not need to be sad. They could be filled with hope and purpose. Amen. So take the seeds that we are sowing into your heart. Plant it in your heart. Plant it, water it, and believe that this is for you. Because God is speaking to you and he has a promise for your life. Amen. So we're continuing these, these messages. And we started last week with, I mean, the first week of um, January, J.D. spoke about remaining. He spoke that we, were, we are branches and we have to remain in the tree, connected to the tree. And we have to remain with God. But we also have to remain in order to produce fruit, right? The message was entitled, Stay With It. If you were here, um, I'm sure you can remember the branch. And he was talking about perseverance. And he was talking about remaining. If you haven't, we have a podcast. And I'm going to encourage you to go back because we're, it's a progression here. And to go back to the first message and listen to Stay With It. The power of remaining when everything gets a little crazy and you just remaining with it then he went on and he last week he talked about the fight being in the fight and we're in the fight of our lives for our lives and this fight is not against your boss it's not against your spouse it's not against your brother your sister but it's it's not against flesh or blood this fight is a spiritual fight and you have to recognize that you have an enemy for your soul and he's coming at you. And you have to recognize that you can stand and you can fight on and you have been given weapons. And those weapons are, are your protection. God has given you tools in order to fight against this enemy. Right? He brought up a passage. 
In James 1.14 that we're going to revisit today. James 1 verse 14 and 15 it says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it, is, it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when fully grown, gives birth to death. Today, I want to talk to you about the sin. About the fall. About the bruise. You know, when you didn't overcome the temptation. When, they, when, it, when it caught you and you fell and you said, you know what, I messed up. Now what? I want to talk about that today. And I have entitled this message, Run Home. Run Home. In 2018, I want to tell you guys that there's no time to waste. You are in a fight. The enemy is coming for you. You have been given all the weapons. But sometimes we fail. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes the temptation overtook and we weren't able to resist. And I want to talk to you about this today because I want to equip you with all of the tools possible for you to live 2018 as God is telling you to live. As God is calling you to live, which is an advancement, to advance, to grow. Which means we need to get really good at recovery. Right? We need to know what to do when we mess up. Because sometimes we just do. And because you lost the battle does not mean you lost the war. Please know that. Because you may have lost one battle does not mean you lost the war. It is not done. It is not, has not ended. And I want to open up in Hebrews 12.1 where it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, the, to life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slow us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, the Bible recognizes that weights and sins trip us up. It recognizes that these things can slow us down, that they can. And these weights and, and sins can stop us from moving forward. Now, what are these weights and sins? Well, they're bad habits. They're bad relationships. They're bad decisions. At moments where we just put our guards down and all of a sudden we became vulnerable and we messed up. And see, there are two ways I have come to realize that there are two ways that we can respond when we mess up. And, have, and I have entitled these two ways. One of them I'm calling pride lane. Right? There's one way we can respond is pride. And when you allow pride to, to have its way, you begin to make excuses. Right? And so pride likes to say, well, this happened to me or that happened to, to me and that thing and it was really my boss's fault or you know my parents got divorced when I was little and I was just never able to to I didn't know of a good relationship and I didn't you know I didn't understand or you know my teacher or my guidance counselor never saw this in me and they never told me I could do it and they never encouraged me see pride likes to blame others for our shortcomings pride likes to focus uh, you know put the blame on other people the other thing pride does is it it, it denies it wasn't that bad it's really okay. See, pride likes to deny that you actually messed up. You know, or pride likes to fake. That didn't happen. Like, I'm fine. Like, the, the, the best, the, the favorite word of those that like to fake it is I'm fine. Right? You just put on this act. Like, everything is always fine. I'm okay. It's fine. Everything is fine. And that's also pride because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not fine. Or pride likes to complain and criticize. Oh, it's too, it's too wet outside. I can't do it. Oh, this, it's too, many, too much snow. You know, there's like half an inch too much snow. I can't go. 
You know, pride likes to do that. It complains, it criticizes. See, pride will lead you to staying stuck. If you take pride lane, you'll end up in a dead end zone where you're just stuck and nothing is moving. And then you're not moving forward and you're not seeing the advancement that God is calling you. And what's most disturbing about that pride lane is that it ruptures your community with God. It leaves you feeling alone and it leaves you secluded and it leaves you going, where is God? I can't find him. But the Bible teaches us that God gives grace to the, hum to the hum humble and he opposes the proud. See, pride is us actually not going to God, right? It's us actually staying away and keeping our distance. And pride keeps us looking at ourselves. Pride gets our, we, we turn our eyes inward and all we can see is me, me, me. Instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus and going, where is he? I'm, I'm going somewhere because I have an aim. I have a focus. See, pride turns our eyes to ourselves. But there's a better lane. There's another lane. And I call that lane humility lane. It's the lane where we begin to see growth, even in the middle of maybe sad situations. Maybe even in the middle of our, our, our sin, we will begin to see the hand of God working. In Hebrews 4, verse 14, 15, and 16, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us live our lives consistent with our confession of faith. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Instead, we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet has never sinned. So let us keep on coming boldly to the throne of grace so that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, there are three things I want to assure you of today. As we move along this year... And some of you might be everything is great and you, don't, you really don't need it right now. And some of you, this information is like, okay, I'm fine. I haven't done anything. I'm good. But I want you to pocket this information. I want you to take some notes, put it on your phone, put it in your Bible, wherever you need. I want you to pocket this strategy because you may not need it today. You may not need it next week and you may not need it next month. But somewhere along this year, I want to tell you that the enemy will come for you. And you may trip and you may kind of go, okay, I messed up now. What do I do? And I want you to be equipped. Equipped, know exactly what to do if that happens. Because what we do not want is to stay stuck. The Bible doesn't say you will never mess up. It just says, hey, don't stay there. Right? Just don't stay there. Like move on. Move forward. Right? And so these are tools. I'm giving you tools for this year. And you keep it handy and you keep it close to you. Because if it, if it comes at you, if you do fall, you know what to do. So the first thing I want you to, to write down is, I want to tell you that you are not alone. See, although we are unique by design, our temptations and the, our life situations are, nor, are common. They're actually pretty common. And you're not alone. You're not the only one going through it. You are not the only one that messes up. You are not the only one. How could I have been so stupid? No. It is not just you. And the enemy li likes to lie to us and tell us that we are alone and how shameful. Just you. Nobody else does that kind of stuff. Everybody else is getting it right. Only you. And that's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. You are not alone. And even more, right, even more, Jesus himself was tempted. Right? Jesus did not sin, but Jesus himself was tempted. And so I want you to know that everybody has temptations. 
Everybody has things that they have to work through. And one of the schemes of the enemy is to make you kind of hide. Is to make you withdraw. And to make you feel like you're alone. And nobody gets you. Nobody understands. Nobody has gone through it. And that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit. So withdrawing is not the answer. Okay. You're not alone in this. Come out. Come out of the darkness. Number two, I want to tell you that Jesus cares. Jesus cares. He was tempted in every way, Hebrews 4 says. He sympathizes. He knows. He knows how you feel. And he is waiting for you with open arms. One of my favorite passages is found in Luke 15, where Jesus tells a story to his disciples. And it's a made-up story, but it's made up to reveal the heart of the Father. And he begins to share, and I'm going to read it to you because I want you to get this picture. If you leave with anything today, with anything, is the picture of the heart of God for you. It says in Luke 15 verse 11, Jesus continued. There was a man, this is him, he begins, he's telling his disciples lots of things. And this is him continuing on his story. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, I pause for one second. For a son to go to his dad and say, give me my share of the estate was very offensive. Was very offensive. It was like, hey, I don't want to wait until you die. I want your money now. Give it to me and I'm out of here. I mean, can you imagine? That's like very, that's very hurtful for the parent, for the father to be hearing. But the other thing is that it's that dynamic of like, I don't care. I don't care about you. Give me what's mine and I'm on my way. So think of the situation. It would have been very offensive. It would have been very divisive in the family. Now, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and they squandered his, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now he was so hungry he wanted to eat the pig's food. Think about that. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went on his way and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son was my, of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Can you get the heart of God? Like a father who would run to, their, to his children. I want to tell you this morning that God is not waiting to chastise you every time you mess up. He's not sitting there in a the throne, I told you so. He's not that kind of father. He loves you so much that he will run. He will go halfway to get you. He will like run down the road as soon as he sees you on his way. He'll run after you. 
See, I know the heart of this father because I'm a mother. And there is nothing any of my beautiful little girls could do to ever make me love them any less. I don't care what they do. I don't care what the mess, what happened. They can come home at any time because I love them so much. There is nothing. So this is the heart of your father for you. I want you to know something this morning that no matter what you do, no matter what you do, it is always safe to come home. Always. Always. You have a loving father who is waiting for you and it does not matter. What the enemy will tell you is that you messed up too much. What he will say in your head is you are no longer worthy. What he will say is, you messed up, that was it, God is mad at you, now you have to come begging and crawling, and that is not how you come to God. He loves you, he is for you, he is waiting for you, it does not matter what you have done. I'm going to say it again, it is always safe to come home, have that implanted in your heart, always, he is waiting with open arms. Now, that's not permission to act foolishly because you know that it grieves the heart of your father. But even more than grieving the heart of your father is it, it's actually bad for you. So when you start to do things, you end up like this son prodigal who's hungry, filled with regret, and just had, had nothing, like there, there was nothing else to do, right? So when you mess up, it's not about, oh, okay, I'm just going to do whatever I want because then I can come home. No. Because you end up hurting yourself along the way. But I also want to tell you number three is that God says, come boldly. And this was the passage that really stuck with me when I was praying over this and going, God, so how do we come home? See, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.16, so let us keep on coming boldly to the throne of grace. Keep on coming boldly to the throne of grace where we may obtain mercy and grace and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is God saying, I know you're going to mess up. I know you're going to need to come to me. Come boldly. Don't come hiding. Don't come guilty. Don't come ashamed. Come boldly. Walk into my presence. Right? Come boldly into a throne and you will find the mercy. You will find the grace you need. You will find it. I have it for you. Come boldly into the throne. When you have lost your way, when you have messed up, no matter what you have done, the answer is run home. The answer is run home. No matter what has gone on, run home. And you may be thinking, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean to run home? What, I mean, where am I going? My physical home? Like, what does that mean? And this is where I want you to keep notes. This is what you do when you mess up. Number one, you confess to God. You pray. You say, God. Here I am. I, I did this, this. You, you tell him what you've done. Don't hide in shape. Don't go, oh, you know. No. You open up your mouth and you say, God, I messed up. I did this, I did that, and I did that. And I'm broken and I need you. Say that. You begin by praying. You come into the presence of God and you pray. And then the second thing you do is you, you, do is you tell someone. You tell someone you trust. You don't go tell everyone. You tell someone you trust and you get some accountability. 
okay? Get some accountability. That word has been used and abused and a lot of people don't like to hear it. But I'm going to tell you something. If you are really serious about advancing and if you are serious about letting go of the weights and sins that can keep you down and if you are serious about trying to fight on and push through you need to get accountability you need to talk to someone and say hey I have this issue I tend to do this or that I need help how can you help me or I I, I when you when you have to when you bring things into light, when you confess them, when you share it with someone, there's healing power in that atmosphere. There's healing power to say, you know what, I'm with you, man. How can I help you? How can we look at this? How can we, you know what I mean? Accountability is powerful because we were made to live in community. We were made to do life together. And so we have to stop hiding and come into the light and say, this is my issue. And it's not anybody accusing you or judging you. It's people linking arms together and saying, let's do this. We can, we can I can help you. You you help me I help you we're in this together right accountability is a beautiful thing use it find a friend who will help you and the last thing is you need to be vigilant the Bible teaches us we need to be vigilant and what that means is if your problem is something that you keep stumbling on because you know there's if your problem is over drinking and there's liquor in your house it's not going to be helpful throw it out be vigilant be proactive be ahead of the game if the problem is pornography you can install software in your computer and make it stop right where somebody will get notified when you look at things you be vigilant you employ things okay you put things in, in, in at work for you so that you don't fall again we have to get serious about where we're going and what we're doing we're not going to advance happenstance it's not just going to happen in my life I have to make decisions and say hey I am going to advance this year these ways and these sins are going to be left behind amen you can move forward if you employ things if you put things to work for you you confess you talk to people and you're vigilant that will give you a year that will produce movement that will produce forward movement see I want to tell you again failure is not the end it is only the end if you stay there right messing up is not the end it, it's only the end if you decide I'm going to be prideful and I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to be all I'm going to take care of me because I can do this you know if you really want movement and if you want to go forward, we have to do things to move forward. Now, like I said, some of you may be having a great year and you're like, what is she talking about? I have gotten all my exercises done. I am on a roll. Well, good for you. I'm still working on it. I am trying to give you, I'm trying to give you tools, guys. I'm trying to give you tools for this year because I know like JD spoke last week we do have an enemy and we cannot stay asleep in the battle we cannot stay asleep we have somebody coming after us and a lot of times we just our guards are down because we're tired because we haven't eaten those of you fasting because uh, you know you're emotional you've had situations and sometimes our guard goes down and then we get so down on ourselves and the thing that breaks my heart the most is when we get stuck we're just stuck and you don't know how to we don't know how to move forward and I and I had this this passage I read this passage in Hebrews 12 2 this week that I was that really caught my heart because in Hebrews 12 2 it says looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross. 
despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, think about this passage for a minute. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What joy? What joy was before him? You. You're Jesus' only joy. You're the joy that brought him to the cross. You're the joy. You. See, the only reason he went to the cross was to reconcile you with the Father. The only reason he went through all of that, he came to earth. He left heaven for you. And it's not like, oh, now I need to walk perfectly. No, that's impossible. But I need to walk humbly and come to God and find refuge. The, the passage that J.D. read today about Psalm 91, God being our refuge, that means we have to place ourselves under his mighty wings. You know, we have to place ourselves under the guardianship of God, which means that we run to him. We run home no matter what happens, no matter what we do, no matter what we're facing, no matter what, that we run home. Home is our safe place. In the arms of our Father, that's our safe place. Please, please, please don't go about life trying to do it alone. Please don't go about life hiding. Please don't go about life trying to go, I can't mess up, I can't mess up, I can't mess up. Oop, messed up. And then you're frozen. Run home. If anything ever happens, run home. You know who you are. You are the son and the daughter. You are sons and daughters of the Most High King. You are always welcome home. The door is always open to you. Always. Now, we, uh, <laughs> I laugh because we can look at Maya at any point and we can tell her, Maya, who loves you? She goes, you. She knows. Now, I want to ask you this morning, if God looked you in the face and said, hey, who loves you? Would you know? Maybe you would respond, you, but would you feel it? Would you know? Would you know in your gut? Would you know it in your heart that it is God who loves you? So I want you to have this in your heart this morning as you leave this place, that there is nothing you can do to separate you from the love of God. There is nothing you can do to separate yourself. No mistake is big enough. No mess is big enough. No trap is big enough. This is your year to advance and that does not mean you will have a perfect year. There, that does not mean there will be no hiccups. What it means is that when there is a hiccup, when there is a bruise, you get yourself up. You dust yourself off and you run home. You run towards your father. This is your year to advance. Now here's how we see it. You stay with it. Right? You stay with it. Whatever the, the, the uh, vision is, whatever God has given you, you persevere. You stay with it. And when the enemy comes at you, you fight. You fight, you fight until you have nothing else. You fight on. And if you happen to fall, if you happen to stumble, you run home. 